Hello everyone. My name is Saleha Wazirzada. I'm a filmmaker on spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds and experiences, and together we will dig deeper into the spiritual connection with our own being or our own soul. We'll be discovering how to transform our mindset. We'll be looking into mental health and also looking at self-improvement ideas to shape our lives. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity, for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 39th episode of the Untold Story Told podcast. Today on the podcast, we have the privilege of hosting a good friend and the host of the Positivity podcast, Adam Parr. As a health and well-being coach, Adam has been making a positive impact by helping long-term unemployed individuals with their well-being and guiding them back into employment. Despite his busy schedule, he continues to run his empowering podcast which allows people from all walks of life to connect with him and to share their experiences. Adam's profound empathy, strong emotional intelligence and the natural ability to connect with others has allowed him to connect with more than 200 guests on his podcast. So today, let's dwell into the untold story of Adam Parr and discover the wisdom and insights he has to offer. Welcome to the show. Hello, Adam. How are you? Hey, Sally. Yeah, I'm very, very good. Thank you. I'm really grateful to be here. I am also grateful to have you on the Untold Story Told podcast. Could you just start with telling us a bit about yourself, what you're up to and what you do? Yes, certainly. I, um, I'm i the host of the Positivity Podcast, and it's a podcast that focuses on connecting with people, their story goes into, you know, personal development, mindset, many other areas. But it's mainly, you know, to add value to the audience. That's what my podcast is. But my, in my day job, I, uh, I'm a health and wellbeing coach for a company in the UK. So we kind of work with, uh, you know, the government, uh, getting people back into employment and, you know, helping them with their, you know, mental health and emotional well-being. Well, that's such a good way of being. Like, how do you manage all of that together, Adam? I mean, it's quite a, uh, it's it's amazing that you do all of this. I mean, I myself as a coach, being a mother of two little children, find it really, really hard just juggling two things. How do you manage? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a challenge, you know, like I think, a lot of it comes down to discipline and, you know, being mindful of your time and what you're doing. You know, I have, you know, friends, I've, you know, people across the world like yourself who I have friends with, uh, emails, you know, like, you know how it is doing content, Yes. you know, seeing family, uh, girlfriend and work. And mm -hmm. I just recently started like, you know, Muay Thai. So that's a new hobby, you know, a few days a week. So it's, you know, we're all, we're, you know, you're busy, I'm busy. It's, it's trying to, I think, find that discipline and, and time to, you know, just 
create like a little space for yourself just to get things done. But it's, 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 you know, it's always a challenge, you know, I think that's what we have to be kind to ourselves. Sometimes, you know, we don't always get everything we need done, done, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I just uh, loved how you said discipline and, you know, just going with what life brings you, because I guess, you know, it's so uh, we all have a different journey. You know, you have yours. I have mine. As you said, I'm also busy. You're also busy. But maybe our busy is different. And it's so important to recognize in the other person who you meet along the way, who's doing a similar sort of uh, a way of doing things like for instance you're a podcast host and I'm a podcast host too so that's where it becomes similar but then also recognizing that your journey is yours and mine is mine and how we navigate our busy is up to us right and that discipline I think you're talking about is coming from a self-disciplined place and I think one of the most uh, hardest words to come to terms with for me was discipline when I first started this journey and you being my friend you know where I was at about two years ago you know and if somebody would bring up this word discipline to me it would be like oh like in my face and again goes back to our childhood as you be both know and it's the first experiences uh, of in being in school and the principal of the school is saying that you should all be disciplined and to discipline a child you punish a child or you know make them stand outside the classroom back in the 80s I don't know what happens these days but there were all kinds of punishments so how did you look at discipline when it first sort of came into your life or were you always very inclined towards that way of being no not at all no I I mean thinking about school I didn't, I didn't really care to be fair I didn't, I didn't really care what I was doing where I was going I wasn't really thinking about that I was just thinking about impressing people being one of the cool kids in that group of people and you know I, I rebelled I didn't really, my, you know, I was coming from my ego. You know, yeah. I was kind of, what happens when you're a teenager sometimes? So, you know, but, mm. but yeah, I, I had no discipline um, yeah. at all. Mm. You know, I kind of felt that, you know, mm. it's kind of my way of the highway kind of thing. I, you know, I was quite arrogant. Um, but how old was I then? I must have been, yeah, 14, you know. Yeah, early teenager, really. And then, you know, I think I, I, I've said before in the past, I've, I had an accident and that can, kind of made me reassess, you know, where I was at and what should I be doing and what shouldn't I be doing, and that kind of thing. So, you know, in school, I had no discipline, really. Mm-hmm. Kind of found out the hard way. And yes, the school discipline where, you know, I'm connecting with you here is you are talking about the discipline that we were told as a definition of discipline uh, for us in our heads would be the, 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 the school discipline where yeah. they tell you if you don't do this, there are consequences. So it's more like an external sort of following a rule or a law or a way of being. And if you don't adhere to it, if you don't conform to it, like, you know, that idea of let's say school says uh, everybody has to, you know, wear a tie in the classroom, right? And if you don't wear that tie in the classroom, then you are not a disciplined 
student, right? But what you, I think you and I, I mean, let's come back to now. It's like what, when you mentioned discipline now, I'm pretty sure the discipline you're talking right now is what we have understood discipline to be on, by experiencing so many ups and downs in our lives, by, by reading, by, by understanding at a very deep level that discipline for us now where we are at um, is, is all about self-discipline. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I I'd agree, and I think you know where I'm a, you know it's 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 a matter of I think you've got to be self-disciplined to what I find to get things done. If you aren't self-disciplined with say for example, I mean, there's, it's in different areas, but say for example, time time management. You know, if you're not self-disciplined in your time management or you're not thinking ahead and you're not prepared mm. and you're not doing certain things, then that's going to just roll in into everything else. You know, if you have work in the morning, you have mm. to be disciplined with your time, what you do, what time you get up, um, how you got everything ready and prepared for the next day. Um, you know, if, if you have to, you know, say, you know, self-discipline, that's, that's, that's an example of work, but then self-disciplined, coming back home from work, what things do I need to get done? Is it putting out content on social media? Is it seeing family members? Is it going to the gym? Is it working out? What, what is it? Or, or reading or, you know, whatever it might be, you have to kind of ultimately show up and be, and that's kind of part of self-discipline. I loved it uh, where you said um, show up. That's it, you know, it's showing up for yourself, uh, doing the self-discipline for yourself. And uh, for instance, if you say you go to the gym um, and let's suppose you, when you go to the gym every day, one day something comes up and you still have to go to the gym, you are so self-disciplined that you still go to the gym at the time that you have told yourself that you will show up for yourself, which is being at the gym at that certain time. So not letting anything in between take you off the path of that showing up for yourself and not feeling selfish about it. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, for an example, you know, I kept putting, sometimes we can put things off as well. You know, there is self-discipline, but recently, you know, we just have accountability as well. We have to be accountable, Yes. you know, alongside being self-disciplined. Yes. And I, I was thinking about doing more Thai for the past couple of months. Mm. Like I went for the first time last night mm. and I kept putting it off. And I kept saying, oh, you know, I'll just I'll go home. I'll, I'll, I'll do it next weekend. I'll do it next week. And then before you know it, you know, a month or so or two months pass by and things just kind of eat into the other thing and then it just kind of bowels over. But, you know, after once you show up, you have to kind of get out your own way. You know, mm. you have to get out your own way. Yeah. And a lot of the times, you know, we're kind of, as, as human beings, we're kind of wired for, you know, routine, you know, safety, comfort and all of these kind of things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in terms of trying to get things done, there are going to be things that are going to challenge you. There's going to be things that create a new kind of groove in your routine. And that's uncomfortable. That's difficult because we got used to a certain way. So, yeah, you have to kind of get out your own way and just 
show up but that links in with you know discipline Yes, and that's where I would like to tap into your knowledge on, uh, because of course you've got expertise in NLP as well. I mean, we, let's talk about the part of, um, you know, breaking habits, right, and embracing change. So, where the first question is about breaking habits, and it's uh, as you said, you know, sometimes you know we are in our own way, right? So, for instance, if it's our thinking that it's stopping us from making that new change in our life so that new habit can be good for us let's say go to the gym right but it's the old way of thinking for instance that can pull us back which is you're talking about getting in our way and telling us no but what's the point of going to the gym you know maybe that's the old thinking so from that NLP point of view, what do you think is happening to us when we are trying to embrace that new change or show up for ourselves or get into a new pattern of being? What is that or, uh, What is that voice in our head which pulls us back and, as you said, comes in our way and uh, does not, you know, we stop ourselves from uh, doing the thing that's good for us, which is self-discipline? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. I think you know for one example we you know like to know what's we like to have familiarity we like you know to have safety um we kind of get into that routine um but you know we are wired to run away from things that scare us mm. to do what is you know safe mm. and sometimes for an example people might have had negative experiences in that particular situation there might have been in a time where they had a negative experience with a group of people in a certain environment Mm. um it might have been one person it might be in a group and then from that situation we take this belief that this is how things are based on that experience and that experience might have happened once, it might have happened twice, it might have happened more than five or how many, however many times. Mm. And that just kind of reaffirms that that belief as that's, well, that's how things are. Mm. I tried that and it didn't work out. I'm, not, I'm probably not good at that thing. Mm. Or that person said this mm. and then this happened. Mm. And that kind of get ties into it. So then we then have these kind of fixed irrational beliefs and thoughts about ourselves mm. about situations which then follow through to mm. you know the rest of however long in our life mm. and you hear sometimes people might say well i don't like people mm. i'm not good in that situation mm. um you know oh, I'm, never, I'm never good at xyz and it's like well when you peel back the layers and it's like layers of an onion you have to peel back those layers and go into it Mm. And, and the more layers you kind of peel over, then you kind of realize, well, okay, well, this is what's caused this. But mm. for starters, that person has got to be open to yeah. take accountability of what's happening Excellent. and be open enough to look at what what is um, causing these emotional responses, um, you know, in beliefs. So it's mm. kind of, you have to kind of peel it back. Beautiful. That makes sense. And, you know, what, what's coming to me as I listen to you, it's such a beautiful way you explained everything is, um, you know, it's, it, can, it can be something which is very new for many people to understand what you just said, but the way you explained it, there was a heart center to it. So it, it came very comfortably 
you know, to the ears. And what it was coming to me was um, as I talk about the inner work, you know, once you deep dive into your soul, as they say, or you spend your time, spend time with the dark night of the soul, or basically trying to understand yourself as why certain experiences shaped you into who you are and taking accountability that yes these experiences shaped me rather than oh my god I am those experiences and minimizing yourself into this victim mentality and coming out of it and I guess what you're saying is that when we do that we come out of the victim mentality and we look at the idea of okay what if you know, those experiences did not happen, who am I? Or what am I without those? Or how much of what I have become today are just beliefs and ideas? And as you said, the layering of the onion, like how many layers did I put along the way? And where in that onion is that little, you know, that that, that eye of the onion? Like where am, is the actual true me? Where is the authentic me? And I guess that's where, you know, spirituality kicks in too, because people who are on the spiritual path take it as their spiritual quest and higher consciousness, you know, going deep diving into their own soul to find out, you know, what's out there beyond the consciousness that we are, right? And in the uh, idea of the uh, the brain and how mindset works, we get into more into how habits have formed in along the way in our lives and how they have made us who we are. And uh, so all of that is connecting back to the human need. I think it's so important, you know, as you put it out there, it's so important as the human need is also there to deeply get to know my, our emotions, for instance, right? Uh, just take the emotions, for instance. It's like, imagine a person goes through life and they never really get to know that, you know, why they get angry and why what makes them sad. Do you think that's important to like really get to know about ourselves? Yeah, no, ultimately, I really think it is important, you know, and I think that's a good question. And, you know, I love what you said, because, for an example, you know, we're talking about negative experiences, it kind of links into what you're saying with emotions, because I had a lot, you know, we've all had, you know, crap situations happen, things, but I had, you know, a pattern of situations um, going into work. So, I, you know, I would work and well, I remember I won't, I won't go into detail, uh, names or anything like that, but I worked in a, in a cafe mm -hmm. and I clashed with the manager. And this is when I was like 18, 19. Mm -hmm. And it was quite negative, you know, wasn't very nice to me. And I remember he, I went in there as um, bar staff. So I was doing bar work. Mm -hmm. And then he moved me from bar work to front of house. So I was doing them waitering and all that stuff. And then he took me from waitering to washing dishes. Wow. And he was basically like, you know, there's, there's no other place for you to go, basically. Wow. So, you know, I felt really crap from all that. Mm. Went into, I, left, I ended up leaving that place, went somewhere else. Cut mm. a long story short, mm. you know, had multiple situations with managers where they were negative, where, you know, not very nice. And then I would go into another situation, but prior to going into that new situation, mm. before I'd even met or worked with the manager, mm. I would kind of think, well, is this going to happen again? You know, that is, is this manager going to be X, Y, Z or yeah. whatever? 
Yeah. But this wasn't in every single work situation. This just happened coincidentally over time in places. Um, but with those emotions, you know, sometimes we can then, based on those traumas from the past, from negative situations, you can get emotional triggers. Mm. So even, you know, recently, um, you know, things are okay now and I've been a present, but it's, you know, I have worked through things and I've had to be mindful of, you know, is, is this an emotional trigger or is this actually the same of what I, I experienced in the past? If that mm. makes sense, is if this other figure is saying something a certain way, mm. it's causing an emotional response in me mm. based on something that might have happened in the past. Mm. But mm. if if you're not mindful of that, yes. it's very easy to react. Mm. So mm. yeah, you know it, you have to take be mindful of that and recognize it and then address it. But. Mm. It's, it's, it's very difficult to do that in the moment because things happen very fast. But it, yeah, like you said, it is important to, you know, recognize our emotions and triggers and traumas um, mm. and to address it because otherwise it's just going to cause problems. Yes. And I think what you were saying here was also that, you know, uh, once we have had a experience that can be very soul shaking or traumatic or something that makes us believe about our world around us a certain way. For instance, you know, in your situation, it could be that, you know, um, if the, the boss treated you a certain way, that feeling can somehow get into the next workplace setting, which is a similar environment, but a better time in your life. But those feelings can still come back when the boss probably looks at you, a new boss looks at you the same way or uses the same words the previous boss used. And this is um, something that happens to all of us, right? Um, we all go through life thinking that, oh, you know, the old experience was a bad one or something like that. Now I have a new day. And I love this about us as human beings that we can like get up and we can say to ourselves, you know, that it's a brand new day and have a brand new beginning, right? But then we can be faced it happens to the, all of us, right? We can be faced by situations that feel very similar to what we have experienced in the past. And we like kind of like blindsided because it can be like, you know, for instance, uh, you know, in, in your situation, if this happens again, then, you know, where the boss in a cafe where you're standing talks to you like this, or you watch another waiter being treated that way, right? That it, it, it's, it's, it will like, it, it does like kind of trigger this, oh, yeah, this happened, right? And it it kind of blinds us. Why blindsides us? Why? Because we think we have. I don't know. For me, it was like I was taught that the older you get, the more you learn, and the lessons you learn will not repeat, which is the opposite. Let they will. I think life will keep bringing us down to this place where our ego gets a hit, or we get to understand our emotions, or where we need to deep dive into getting to know our sadness, our anger, our trigger points till till we're like it's it will be an ongoing thing what do you think yeah yeah no I, I think it's a process I think you know we're we're only human we've all got our own you know crap so to speak do you know what I mean and we have to work through that but like you said it will just continue and continue and continue unless we you know I think we recognize it and that's just that's not just in you know workplaces that's you know relationships um 
you know, whatever the situation is, because sometimes say you're in a relationship and there's a trigger point, sometimes we can think, well, it's that other person. And if yeah. we're constantly saying it's the other person, not me, then it's just going to continue to happen. Definitely. And sometimes you might get, I mean, some, sometimes I was triggered in my relationship and it was whatever was happening was reminding me of stuff in the past. And I was projecting how I felt from the past situation onto my current relationship. Mm. But it wasn't the same. You know, the person's completely different. But, okay. you know, our mind kind of goes, well, that looks a lot like this. Yeah. But in reality, you know, it, it's not the same thing. But you have to kind of take, you know, responsibility for that. You know, you, you have to let go of that crap. You have to work through it. Um, you know, it's not easy, but, you know, it's a lot harder, the same thing happening over and over again. Yeah, and how much of this would you think is about being vulnerable with ourselves, Adam? I think, I think a lot of it, yeah. I think you have to 100% be, you know, vulnerable in yourself. You have to be, you know, vulnerable to goes that place of being accountable hmm. and taking responsibility for what you're feeling, what's coming up, the situation. Hmm. And sometimes, even if you have to apologize to the other person, you have to kind of, you know, be vulnerable to hmm. go to that place, you know, and accepting it. But then it, it works both ways, you know, yeah. but I, it's 100 percent yeah, you have to be vulnerable. Um, yes. Yes. And I guess, Adam, I think you're also coming to this place where I think you would also agree with me is, um, you know, just being vulnerable with ourselves, you know, just taking time out in our daily lives every now and then to just have this place of mindfulness, you know, it's a part of mindfulness. It's a place of where you just humble yourself enough to just see yourself without your situation, without your the argument that's happening around you or without that, that problem that cannot be solved without it. And just be able to sit with yourself and being able to recognize your emotions for what they are, you know, without putting any label on, I am sad because this, I am angry because this, you know, because I think even then when we put like we put a, a reason to the label that we put ourselves both ways we are dealing with ego with our ego and yeah the ego's idea is to protect ourselves there's nothing bad about ego you know people tend to think that's a bad way of doing things but what i'm trying to get is, is into the idea of also the overarching idea of toxic positivity where people can be easily uh, uh, thinking that everything is okay in life and I am going to be super happy and super positive. But I think it's the po most positive of us who need to take that little break and sit down with ourselves and be able to say, okay, I am positive, but I'm still feeling sadness. I am positive, but I'm still feeling anger. What is it? Like, you know, just going within ourselves and taking that time out whether it's sitting in the sun, whether it's sitting with your dog, whether it's just taking that breather and saying to yourself, let's see, you know, where this emotion is coming from. Because I think toxic positivity for me, the way it looks as, as, as is where we don't even embrace our emotions. We do not look at the 
negative emotions, as the world puts it, though there's nothing negative and positive in it, it's just emotions, right? Do you think that in order to move forward in life or to embrace change or whatever life presents us, it's important to take that little break to get to know our spectrum of emotions every now and then? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, a lot of the time, we're kind of just spinning our wheels and we're just kind of going through the motions of life and, you know, lots happening. And I think, yeah, you have to kind of get to know, you know, yourself. You have to take that time to get to know what's going on. Um, you know, understanding what's going on in the situation and what might be causing those emotions to then address it. Um, I think if I can think about it you know a situation was you know as uh, we can go into more detail like you know on a time and stuff but um when when i had ptsd in the past from an accident when i was younger mm-hmm. i remember feeling all this you know heaviness and weighted downness but mm-hmm. then you know at such a young age like you know 13 14 um kind of thinking more I get there is all this, but I'm wanting to push through it. Do you know what I mean? Knowing I want to work on it and understand it, that makes sense. So I had to kind of almost pick apart the whole situation to, to understand what kind of was going on, on if that makes sense. So you have to kind of take, take a step back, like you said. Hmm. I mean, that's an extreme example. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even in a, in a, in a relationship, or not being happy in a job yeah. or not being happy in a relationship or, mm. or or dealing with you know limiting beliefs in yourself you have to kind of mm. pick it apart a little bit and have that time to go into yourself if that makes sense that's it and the idea of also you know just having fun along the way which means that you know in our inner child just wants to, you know, be lighthearted and be happy and just be joyous. And I think when we were kids, we used to cry out loud. We used to laugh out loud. We, I mean, like, you know, we all had different childhoods, but there has to be a certain time of our childhood, whether it was early, mid or whatever it was. I think we have all known how it is to be just completely open with our emotions, be who we are, be intuitive, which is like as kids, you know, they just, you know, parents get dumbfounded sometimes. They're like, how does my kid know that this thing goes here or the mama needs this? Because it's because we are, when we are born, like, you know, as I always used to say in the past too, we are pure liquid love. And that means that we are so connected with source energy or we're connected with our higher consciousness in terms of how mindset works is that, and, and that we are so not layered by the onions, as you said, that we come from this place of just in this curiosity and inquisitiveness and just saying exactly how we feel, right? And in that feeling space, something can happen like, you know, a child who is two years old can understand the mommy is sad and give her a hug out of the blue and a mother can be like, like, I just needed that. How did my child know this? So coming back to what we're talking about is the idea of just being up true selves trying to have fun along the way do you believe that it's important to do that yeah no definitely I think you know you have to have fun along the way and I think you know finding yourself is you know we're all kind of on this journey where we're constantly learning about ourselves, and you have to Mm -hmm. you know 
you know, not be too serious, you know, on, on yourself. We have to kind of go easy on ourselves. Sometimes we can be too hard on ourselves and we have to like, you know, learn to be playful. And, you know, life is a process, you know, we're going to get things wrong. We're going to make mistakes and that's okay. And I think, you know, you have to be playful. You have to kind of have, you know, lightheartedness and fun because, you know, your, your time and your energy is important. You know, yeah. people should you know be carefree and I think that's it's learning to keep that carefreeness as a kid and that joyfulness you know throughout your life because you see like kids they're carefree and they're playing around and they're just kind of in the moment if that makes sense and soaking up what's going on around them yes yes and of course because of your experience uh, with PTSD what age was it that you first experienced uh this like when did it first all all start i think it was about 13 Good. yeah it must be about 13 yes so yeah. I, I i never didn't didn't know anything about it didn't know any mm. you know never had anything in the past so yeah it was quite it's quite a big thing but i think you know mm. crazy as it sounds i think everything happens for a reason and if that hadn't have happened i probably wouldn't be doing this we probably would, do you know I mean, never have met. So I believe, you know, everything for a reason. But yeah, first, I was 13. Yes. Yes. And I, uh, there's another uh, way to also look at it. I mean, I love how whenever you explain this, it's like you have this feeling that, you know, everything happened for a reason. Um, I was reading about this. There's a spiritual leader by the name of Kyle Sees, who was a former comedian as well. Uh, he says that, how about looking at it this way? You know, all our lives, we knew that everything happens for a reason, right? And then if I say this about my life, I sort of like, I'm always looking for that reason along my life. Like, this is why it happened. Oh, I get, aha, aha, right? That's a cool way of looking at it too. But the other way is, how about saying everything happens and that's it. It just happens. You know, because what he was trying to get it in a spiritual way was that let's just contemplate. If we say everything happens and we don't say for a reason, that for a reason part is actually making us come from a place of pulling out our own personal experience or the egoistic way of looking at like, uh, this is why it happened and that this is why this happened right but if we just say everything just happens it's like a cool place like you're not no longer looking for the reason or attaching that reason to anything that new happens in your life i i've kind of found that very interesting oh yeah i think that is an interesting way of seeing it isn't it because it's kind of like well you know it is what it is kind of thing like mm. it it's it's it kind of uh yeah, because I think some people, some people might be trying to piece yeah. kind of pictures together as why things yeah. are what they are. But then if it's just what it is. Yeah. And also, also I was thinking about like uh, the interesting part I found was like your your reason of why it happened might be different to mine. Right. So it's it's a very mm. personal sort of a space where we, uh, as you said, those people who are putting the pictures together would be probably spending their whole life trying to figure out, you know, maybe that experience was the reason, you know. And uh, I think what he's saying is that just be OK with the everything that happened. Right. And just move. 
and in the flow. And there's one quote I would like to say in the end, it's about vulnerability and it's by uh, uh, Carl uh, Junk. And he says that I'm not what happened to me, I am what I choose to become. And this is so much Adam Parr, like it, this, this, is, this is a quote that could be from Adam Parr. Like, I mean, it doesn't look like it's from him and it's on my desk. So that's why it's all printed out, like the beautiful printout. Um, I love it. It says, I'm not what happened to me. I am what I choose to be. It's almost like, I was like, this is Adam. And this is what, you know, every time I've had a podcast with you, it's come forward for me. Like this is, this is the resilience. This is the way forward that you find in life. This is how you embrace change and vulnerability. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's a really great quote, isn't it? And that's, it's really powerful. Mm. I am not what happened to me and what I chose to become. Today has been a very good podcast with you, Adam. Thank you for your time. And uh, is there a message that you would like to say to my audience for today? Anything that's coming to you right now, like, you know, I know you're very spiritually connected to something like a download or any kind of feeling that you have from today that you were thinking about and you would like people to know, because I know you put out those messages too on your Instagram. So something like that, would you like to share with us? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just say, you know, don't be afraid of being yourself and, you know, always be open to trying new things. You know, if it doesn't work out the first time, you know, get up and try again. You know, don't don't really give up. You know, I think things are going to challenge you. Um, but the more you do that thing, the easier it gets. Mm. And that's with, you know, and what I found, you know, anything in life, really. Mm. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. And with that, we come to an end to our podcast. Again, a pleasure having you on the Untold Story Told podcast, Adam Parr. Uh, it's always wonderful talking to you. Gratitude from the heart. Thank you. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. And if you would like to get in touch with Adam Parr, you can do so by connecting with him on Instagram under P-A-R-R-S-I-T-I-V-I-T-Y, Parasitivity94. And you can also find his podcast on all leading podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts.